Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring our message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. We are starting our new series called Unbothered. And what that means is a person that can go through trials and tribulation in life, and it just seems to just roll off their shoulders. I, I, I love to see people like that. In fact, we can envy people like that. Now, you know I love sports, talk about that a lot, but I'm really enjoying what's happening with the Nuggets right now. Yes. They're gonna bring down the evil empire of the Lakers. It's beautiful. Hopefully we will sweep them. But one of their players that is really unbothered or seems unbothered is Jamal Murray. He is, the other night he's playing and he can't hit a shot in the first half for nothing. And so he, he does his best, you know, just to keep the team going and, and other people have to step up on the roster. But in the fourth quarter, he just keeps shooting because he understands I've practiced, I've done what I should do. I, I know I'm a good player, I have confidence. And he drops 24 points in one quarter to lead the team to victory. I love that. I, he was unbothered. And, and, it, and I think most of us would just love to be that way. But unfortunately, many of us, when we go through crisis, we freak out, we go crazy. And not only do we go crazy, but we will try to bring other people into our craziness. Because if we think, you know what, we're going through a hard time, then everybody else around me needs to understand what, how hard of a time I'm going through and they need to go through it with me. But truthfully, we're gonna be much healthier if we can go through life and live an unbothered life. Now, when we speak about this, there's not anyone in the Bible that lived a most, more unbothered life than the Apostle Paul. And in these verses uh, that we're gonna read here in just a second, uh, we're gonna see how unbothered he really is. Now he's responding in a letter in Philippians to a group of people that are his friends that are trying to help him. And he says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. A few years ago, I was at a small group activity and there was a bunch of families there, a bunch of kids there. And, and uh, I love kids and, and I was watching them and there was a trampoline uh, at this event. And so all the kids are up uh, jumping on this trampoline and there's all kinds of different moms there. There's moms that have several kids and then there's moms that this is their first child. And you can always tell, especially when there's a trampoline involved. 
They're jumping around, and this one mom who had one child was doing the, the oh, careful. Oh, no, no, I don't want you to fall. I don't want you, I don't want you to fall. And so they're just like kind of walking around the trampoline wherever their kid goes to make sure that they don't get hurt. And then there's the mom of five who is laying in a recliner with a drink. And her five kids are jumping around like crazy, hitting each other in the head and everything else. And at one point, one of her kids flies off the trampoline, catches himself by the, by the metal rung of the trampoline and is hanging upside down. Now the mom with one child is freaking out. Oh my gosh, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. And the mom with five doesn't move. The only thing she says is, he'll be fine. Now, why does she do this? Because she's been through it all before. She knows her kids are going to make it. She's unbothered by the situation, and she doesn't freak out. Now, there are all kinds of things that people are bothered by anymore. And in the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at several. But one that seems to be a situation where everybody is concerned. It's kind of bothering everybody. And it's kind of freaking us out a little bit. If we're not careful for some, it's freaking us out a little bit more. And that's the issue in current events of the economy. The economy. It's easy to allow ourselves to be bothered by what's going on with the economy. Inflation, right? It's crazy. Inflation's gone nuts. The rise in interest rates. That's something that we're concerned about. Taxes. Have you, know, have you gotten your new tax allotment for your property taxes? How much they went up? Now, the good thing that means is that your, your property taxes have gone up, meaning your property has increased in value. That's great. But along with that blessing comes being able to pay more taxes. The mismanagement of funds that's going on in our government today, just spending money like it's unlimited. And if, if you're like me, man, I hate waste. And I hate to see hate, uh, uh, wasted resources that, that I can't control that I can't fix. That really, really bugs me. I grew up in a home that you ate everything on your plate. If you take it, you eat it. And I grew up in a house that we didn't go to the grocery store until the refrigerator was empty, right? Because, hey, we, we, gotta, we gotta make this last because the paycheck is gonna run out and then we gotta wait to the next paycheck to go back to the store. So my mom would get super creative on making meals on whatever she could find in the house. Okay, so like sometimes included Spam and, and, and Drano and, you know, whatever else that she could put in a casserole. <laughs> but thank God, sorry, mom, I know you're watching. Oh, I know you didn't do that. I know you didn't. But thank God as believers, we don't get our resources from the world's economy. We get it from God's. We talk about that. We talk about that. And according to scripture, from Paul in the same chapter that we read earlier, he says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Our need will be met from God's glorious riches. Now, unlike the world's resources, God's never run out. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome to know that our resources are based on the Lord? But how do we go from having our needs met to being blessed? 
It's one thing to have your needs met. That's awesome. But wouldn't you like to also be blessed? The blessings that can come only from God, from his resources. Needs are awesome. They need to be met. But man, to be blessed. Well, we go from needs being met to being blessed by us staying faithful in giving back to God. It's through tithes. It's through offerings. It's through sowing and reaping. Now, I wanna teach this because I don't just want any of us to have our needs met. I want us all to be blessed. And I know anytime a pastor starts speaking about finances, people get jumpy, especially during hard economic times, okay? And it doesn't make any sense in our, in our minds anyway, when things get tough that we're supposed to give. But when you understand what comes with tithing and trusting the one that our resources come from, we realize when we invest in him, we are blessed by him. Now, if you don't give, if you don't tithe, I don't want you to feel guilty. The last thing I want you to do when you come to church is to feel guilt or to feel shame for some reason, because guess what? We struggle with that enough. The devil loves to make us, he just loves to make us feel guilty. He loves to make us walk around with shame. If you give or when you give, I wanna do that. I want, I want you to get that. I want you to feel that inspiration from, from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides you to give. He guides you to tithe, not from guilt, not from shame. And know from my heart what I want for you. I just want you to have the blessings that I've gotten to see in my life. I want you to have the blessings that, that so many of our people that tithe have seen in their life. I want you to move from the having your needs met category to being blessed and, and having the Lord just blow your mind. Blow your mind with what he'll do. Scripture is really clear when it talks about what happens when you tithe and, and what happens in our life. And it's in Malachi chapter three. Verse 10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. So a lot of people are like, what, what does that mean? All of the tithe. Well, many scholars believe that that's, that's, that's a tithe before your taxes, that you give before your taxes 10% of your income. And now others don't believe that. And some people tithe on their gross. Some people tithe on their net. And so I, people ask me all the time, well, should I tithe on my gross or should I tithe on my net? And I ask him, do you wanna be blessed on your gross or do you wanna be blessed on your net? I mean, the Lord's gonna give it back to you anyway. So give all of it, right? Give all of it. And then he says, uh, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. And you might ask, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand what that means. Well, this means that God will give us a new perspective on our situation. And sometimes we need a fresh perspective. We, it's amazing how we will get so focused, so hyper-focused on our situation and what's going on and what we think is going on. And it went, then when we get a new perspective on it, it's so refreshing. It's so, it's so wonderful, right? And so God's saying, when you tithe, you're going to get a new perspective on, on your situation, especially your financial situation. And then he says, I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. That's a big promise. And blessings according to God's glorious riches, his glorious riches, that's how we're going to be blessed. Has God ever just blown your mind with a blessing that you could have never imagined? I mean, looking back over your life and seeing where you were and where you are now and just like, man, Lord, you, 
you have done so much for me. You have blessed me in ways, ways that I could have never dreamed of. I mean, for, for me, I started tithing when I was a teenager and I started seeing the, the benefits or the blessings that came from that. And as a result, I have been blessed my whole life. He's not just met my needs. He has always blessed me. He's always taking care of me. And then he says, try it. Put me to the test. According to scripture, this is one way we can test God. He says, give it a shot. Give it a shot. And if you do, I will bless you. I will blow your mind. I will take care of you in ways that you can never imagine. I will prove to you that this works. Then he says, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Now, of course, he's, he's giving a, a, an illustration to people of the time that are very much, many of them are farmers or they grow their own food or, 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 or their resources or with cattle or livestock. And so he's trying to give them a picture of what will happen. How this relates over to us is that, that it refers to our business your business or your work and, and that he will bless that. He will bring about greater profits and greater income and will keep things from stealing it. Now, if you're a business owner or maybe you are uh, in, a, in a type of occupation, let's say like a, a server or a, a waiter at a restaurant, if you tithe, you will notice when you tithe and give offerings, your tips go up. That's, that's just the way he works. In profits and business, your profits will go up and your expenditures will go down. That's what this is saying. It's incredible how he does it. I don't know how he does it, but he's an expert in economy and he does it. And he's the God of miracles. He will keep things from stealing from, stealing from you like fees or hidden costs or, or broken down equipment or people literally stealing from you. And then he says in Malachi, your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, this is all about financial timing. I mean, maybe you do have a vineyard and you're growing grapes for the purpose of making wine or, or whatever. And so you really understand this? You really get this scripture? But what he's talking about is just timing. And timing is everything when it comes to finances. Timing will make a person a millionaire or cause a person to go bankrupt. And when you have God's timing, you are plugging into the creator of time. He knows what the interest rates are going to do. He knows what the economy is going to do. He knows what the stock market's going to do. He knows what the real estate market is going to do. He knows in advance because he can see the future. No one can make us more successful than God. And when we plug into him, we are not only have our needs met, but we are blessed when we give back to him. Now, here's the truth. We have to stop worrying about the economy. It's out of our control. And here's the other thing. Prophecy says that the world will be under one government one day and one economy during the tribulation. And we must remember we have to understand that Satan is preparing the world for this. He is setting up the foundation for the world to accept one government, one economy, one religion, and one world leader. And while the devil is preparing the world for the Antichrist, God is preparing Christians for rapture. That is what is happening in our world today. 
Now, maybe the end times teaching is, is new to you. Maybe you don't really understand what rapture means or what tribulation means. Well, well, according to scripture, we are going to be taken up. Those that believe in Jesus are going to be taken up to meet Jesus in the air. And that is gonna happen before a seven-year tribulation period for those that are not saved, that do not know Jesus. And in that seven-year tribulation, it is going to be hell on earth. And the Antichrist is going to rise and he is going to take over this world and the world is going to go to hell. But that doesn't mean we're affected by it because we're in heaven. And according to scripture, we're going to be at a wedding feast and we're going to be celebrating our bridegroom, Jesus, for seven years. That's all in prophecy. That's all going to happen. And things are going to move this direction and get way worse. But we're not going to be here for that. The groundwork, though, is being set. And when the rapture happens, the world will be ready for the Antichrist. And we see this happening right now. If you really look in the news and you look and see what's happening worldwide and what's happening with governments' economies and how they're wanting to merge uh, uh, governments and financial institutions and how countries are coming together and making unions, it's all happening right in front of us. And we can't stop that. And we can't worry enough to make a change in that. That's just what's going to happen. But praise God, we're not going to be here for it. So the economy, right? It's, we can get stressed out about it. Man, when we, when we bind ourselves to the God of resources and we know what our future is, there's no reason for us to be bothered by what's happening in the world's economy. Secondly, oh, and I struggle with this. Jesus, help me. I struggle with this. We're very bothered by what's happening in our world when it comes to morality, deception, confusion, and craziness. Doesn't that bother you? Does it just bug you? Five years ago, if we would have been told the things that were going to happen until now, we wouldn't have believed it. We wouldn't have believed it. How divided our country is right now. We were divided before, but we are super divided right now. The issues at the border, that just, doesn't that bother you? The problem with drugs and how fentanyl now is the drug that's just killing people. And all of these agendas, right? All of the agendas that are being forced down everyone's throat. They're being forced down our throat. You can't watch TV. You can't watch commercials without transgenderism, homosexuality, and abortion being pushed on us. And if we don't agree with it, we are dismissed as bigots, racists, or hate mongers, which is all the tool of the devil through deception, through confusion, through just craziness to divide us and get the world ready for the Antichrist. Having males compete against women in their sports. Guys, and then it being defended by Title IX, which was there and passed to protect women's sports in the first place? Doesn't that infuriate you? Doesn't that just drive you crazy? There was a girl that was, was uh, on a high school volleyball team that was forced to compete another, against another team who had a male competing against them. And he went up for a spike and he hit the ball so hard, it hit her in the face and it broke her jaw. Why? Because he's stronger than the rest of them. Okay, it doesn't matter what they put in their system or whatever. A male's a male, a girl's a girl, and it will ruin women's sports. If this continues, it will completely ruin women's sports. 
It's just craziness. It's confusion. And the devil is the author of confusion. He's getting the world ready for the Antichrist, which will embody Satan so he can bring about more confusion. You watch the news and it's impossible to be unbothered, right? It's just almost impossible, the injustice that's going on. But guess what? This was also predicted. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, and this is the, out of the message translation. Sometimes I just love scripture out of the message translation. It says, don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous of, of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, which means it's all about a person or yourself, unbending. Do we see that? You cannot sit down and have a reasonable conversation anymore with somebody that disagrees with you. You can't do it. Why? Because the spirit of the Antichrist is loose. And this unbending thing that is happening in people's life is causing us not to be able to listen to each other. Slanderers. Impulsively wild. A few years ago, when crazy people took over an inner city of one of our major cities in the United States. They took over the police department. They absolutely took over downtown. And those that were in charge called it a summer festival. Do you remember that? That's crazy. That's what, that is absolutely wild that that is going on. Yet that is what is happening in our society. And people acting wild, savage even, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags. Don't you like that little description? <laughs> Addicted to lust. Okay, pornography is in, in the sex trade, absolutely out of control. And allergic to God. People are allergic to God. You can't, some people, you can't even talk to them about God anymore. They just freak out, right? They just absolutely freak out. The devil's trying to bring the world to hell and it's gonna get worse. Because we are so close to the end, but we know how the story ends. It's interesting because we are reading out of Malachi, which is a beautiful scripture about what we get when we stay faithful to tithing. But it's also a prophetic book. And he says in chapter 4, count on it, out of the message translation again, count on it. The day is coming, raging like a forest fire. All the arrogant people who do evil things will be burnt up like stove wood. Burnt to a crisp, nothing left but scorched earth and ash, a black day. This is refer referring to the days of tribulation. But you, talking about believers, but you, sunrise. The sun of righteousness will dawn on those who honor my name. Healing radiating from its wings, you will be bursting with energy like colts, frisky and frolicking. I want to be frisky and frolic, don't you? That's what's going to happen when we're in heaven during the tribulation. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. We're going to get new bodies, guys. How awesome is that going to be? I will be able to play 18 holes and not hurt after I get done. Right? It's going to be incredible. We are going to be frisky. We are going to frolic. It is going to be incredible. And that day is coming. But what do we do in the meantime? How do we live an unbothered life when the world is going crazy 
around us. Well, let's look at the most unbothered person again in the Bible, and that's Paul. From the same book that we were reading before, Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Even when things are bad, guys, rejoice. Rejoice. God is in control. Rejoice. He has us. Rejoice. We know him as our Savior. Rejoice. We have a hope and a future. Rejoice. We're going to go to heaven. Rejoice. That's the proper perspective. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Verse 5 says, remember the Lord is coming soon. We got to remember that. Never forget that. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Replace worry with prayer. We start getting upset. We start getting mad. Turn the news off and pray. We start getting irritated by what people are saying or, or bothered by things that shouldn't bother us. Turn to prayer. And Pastor Hooper is going to be speaking next week on that and how to do that. It's going to be awesome. Then he says, tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. That's pretty simple. Talk to him about what you need. If you don't have peace, ask him for it. If you need healing, ask him for it. If you need financial help, ask him for it. And then when he comes through, you say thank you. This is what that means. How many times has God come through for us and we've forgotten to thank him? So thank him. Thank, uh, then you will, will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Having God's peace is being unbothered. And sometimes that peace is supernatural. When we ask for it, it will come over us in the times when our life seems to be falling apart the most. And when that peace comes upon us, people will look at us and go, man, they are just handling that situation in stride. It's like nothing bothers them. And then he tells us to focus on this in Philippians chapter 4. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Do you know where Paul wrote those words from? From prison. Not for doing anything he was guilty of, but for being wrongly accused. And he's sitting in prison and he's writing these encouraging words for us because he is so unbothered by what's going on around him. Now, being unbothered and being able to walk that life takes a daily fight. It takes a daily fight. Of course, we need to control what's going in our head, but it's also asking him to help. And it goes back to a lot of spiritual warfare. And on a daily basis, we say, hey, make sure you put your armor on, make sure you're doing certain things. Make sure you're loosing certain things in your life. You're binding up, binding things of the Lord to you. You're loosing the things of the Lord in you. But in the same way, we pray Ephesians on a daily basis, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter six about putting on the full armor of God. We need to start praying this too. Pray this over our lives and say on a daily basis, Lord, bind me to your truth. 
Help me to have the mind of Christ. Help me to think on whatever is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Help me to think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Bind my mind to those things and do that daily. You gotta do it daily. And it will change the way you think. It will change the way you react. And people will start looking at you and going, wow, you handle things in such stride. You will be the Jamal Murray of your workplace, right? That's right. So as you stand with me this morning, let's do a little warfare together, shall we? Lord, we love you. And we know that you came and you died for us, not only to save us, but to live an unbothered life. Because we just have trust in you. And so Lord, I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would bind up any evil spirit that is causing us to worry, that's causing us to, to, to be afraid. We bind up the spirit of fear, bind up the spirit that would cause us to, to have stress. We bind up those evil spirits. We cast them out of us, cast them out of this place in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, now, Holy Spirit, that you would loose in us truth. That we would see your truth in every situation. Help us to think about things that are honorable. Bind our minds, Lord, to what is honorable and what is right and what is pure and what is lovely and what is admirable. And help us to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Help us to pray this on a daily basis. Help us to make Philippians 4, verse 8, a part of our daily prayer life. And that you would help us to be unbothered, God. You would come against anything that would try to steal our joy. You would help us to know as our days are ending here on this planet that you got us. We will see you soon. You'll give us a new perspective on our situation. I pray, Lord God, that for those of us that aren't tithing, that aren't giving, we'd give it a shot. We'd try it. And, and, and as we do, you would unlock the promises of Malachi in our And Lord, as the crazy things happen in this world, I pray that we would always keep our eyes on you. Help us to be unbothered because we know you have us, God. You've got us. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Don't miss next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do this right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, 
Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text us at heaven and 94,000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions that you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94,000 as well. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text Fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.